Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We're learning Maseches Ksubis, Daf Ches, Amudbeis, and Daf Tes. Uh, some again, like the Shas Katan, we know that it's referred to. There's so many basic Shas concepts that are quoted here. Let's jump right in. We are uh, four lines from the bottom of Ches Aleph, and the Gemara here quotes a din. When it comes to the requisite number of people for a chuppah, the chasen is one of the ten. However, however, when it comes to avelos, the avel is not counted in the ten. Says the Gemara, I we have a brisa that goes against the shita of Rav and says the Gemara, did you just ask a question from a Tana against Rav? What's the big deal? Rav Tanahu Upalik. Rav is treated as a Tana. Now, what's fascinating is that we're going to see in a moment that Rav Yochanan was asked the same question in the next line, but we don't answer about Rav Yochanan that he's a Tana. Take a look at the Balea Toswas here, the bottom Toswas, Chesamad Aleph. Toswas says, Dibramaskil Rav Tanahu Upalik, Lo Bailishnuye Kitanya Hahibi Birchas Hamazon, Kidimishani Rav Yochanan. The Gemara is going to answer Rav Yochanan and giving a new Kimta that Rav Yochanan was, the Bryce was talking about a different case. Why? Because Rav thought that that answer was a bad answer. And it's better for Rav to say, I'm a Tana, leave me alone. I can say whatever I want. However, says Tosos, because when Rav Yochanan was asked the same question, it doesn't say that he's a Tana. This comes to teach us that really Rav Yochanan is not in the same halachic category, I should say historical category, as Rav. Rav was in a category called Dor HaMa'avar, the generation where we transferred from Tanoim to Amoraim. Masha'en Ken Rav Yochanan was after that fact, and Tosvos continues to discuss. But that's an important distinction in our historical parameters, is that whenever possible, Rav is going to give the best answer. And sometimes the best answer is to say that Rav is an equivalent to Mishnayis, even though he was a Talmud of Rebbe, but even, even though that's true, he still has the capacity to argue with the Mishnah. Now let's repeat this whole thing with, uh, with Rabbi Yochanan. However, of course, with a different response. Itmar, it was said in the Amorim, Amar Rav Yitzchak, Amar Rav Yochanan. So now the question, the statement is going to be said by Rav Yochanan. The chasin counts as one of the ten, but an avil does not. And we're going to ask the same question. We see that that's not true, that the avilim are part of the minion. Turning to the top of chasin, it bays. Kitanya hahi, when do we say that an avel is part of a minion? That's bibirkas hamazon. Why bibirkas hamazon? Says Rashi, top of the page, dibramasa bibirkas hamazon, the tsarif le gimel, the zamin alav, shahare, hu chayev, bichola mitzvos. An avel is obligated to keep mitzvos. An onen is not, but an avel is chayev. So because an avel is chayev in birkas hamazon, so that's when the brysa says, the brysa, the last few words on chesamad aleph, the brysa that says that an avel is chayev. Uh, is a, is a, a part of the count that's talking about benching. Masha'inkain, when it comes to Avelos itself, there the chasen is not included. But when Rav Yochanan says that an Avel is not included, that's talking about the Shura. So after a person is buried and the Avelim, the immediate family members are walking away from the Kever, uh, the, 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 the cemetery goers build a shura and there needs to be a minimum of 10 people. That's where Rav Yochanan said that these people... Uh, that they cannot be the Avel themselves. If there's only nine and an Avel, that's an insufficient count.
Says the Gemara, wait one second. We said that Birchas Chasanan, like we learned yesterday, Sheva Brachos, that's said with 10 and the Chasan counts. However, this uh, statement of Rabbi Yochanan says that when it comes to Birchos Avelim, that that's with 10 and the Avel doesn't count. So birchas b'shura mi'ika, bracha b'shura mi'ika. What bracha could there possibly be that uh, by by the shura? There is no bracha there. So it says the Gemara ela kikama Rabbi Yochanan berachava. When did Rabbi Yochanan say that the avel is not counted when there's actually a bracha? That's berachava. That's when they have the suda savra. Suda savra was the meal that's had right after everyone gets home from the cemetery. Rashi gives a little bit of color here. The fourth line of Rashi di Ramaschal berachava. Rashi says. When they are giving over that first meal to the uh, to the uh, to the avel, mishal from other people, they would have the meal outdoors, and they would make an actual bracha. So that's what he was talking about. Rav Yochanan was that when he came back to have the meal, they'd have a meal set up outside, and they made a bracha there, as we will soon see. Another question: six, seven lines down, Chesmed base. That when it comes to Sheva Brachos, Rabbi Yochanan taught us that yes, we need 10 people all seven days in the Chassan counts as part of the 10. So it says the Gemara, we see over here that there is a Birchas Avelim. It does require 10 and it's all seven days, but the Avel is not counted. Asks the Gemara, Birchas Rechava Kol Sheva Mi'ika. Sudas Havra is only one day. It's just the day that you get back. Then the Gemara introduces a brand new concept to us, one that should be a Chiddush, which is Mishkachas Labipanim Chadashos. See, we're familiar with Panim Chadashos as it relates to Sheva Brachos, but there's an equivalent din when it comes to Avelos. And that is that if there are Panim Chadashos, then any Brachos that could have been made in that Sudas Havra and the Rechava on day one, if there's Panim Chadashos on, on the days of Avelos of two, three, four, five, six, and seven, those Brachos can be made again, a big Chiddush. So there is such an idea as Panim Chadashos. Not everyone can make the cemetery, not everyone can make the Leviah. People flying from out of town, logistics, they couldn't make it a fight. So if they make it, then they can still make Brachos. The Gemara now tells a lengthy story it's going to take us uh, basically to the bottom of the page um, as follows. Rav Chia Bar Ava was a Mikri. He was a Rabbi who taught Psukim, Mikri from the word Kro. He used to teach Psukim to the son of Reish Lakish. Some say he wasn't a Chumash teacher, but rather Masni Bere de Reish Lakish Hava. He used to teach him Mishnayas. So he was a Rebbe, just, well, what did he teach you? They either taught Chumash or Mishnais, we don't know which one. Shachiv Leili Anuka. And Nebuch, one of the kids of Rav Chia Bar Ava, uh, one of the kids of Rav Chia Bar Ava passed away. Shachiv Leili Anuka, one of his children died. Yom Akama, on the first day, Reish Lakish couldn't make it. Lo Azalagabe. He was out of town, whatever the case may be. It's fine. So the Machar, the next day, remember day one has already passed, and on day one they made the Birchas Avelim, at the Rechava, at the Suda outside. The next day, Reish Lakish showed, showed up, but Dabre the Yehuda Bar Nachmeni Miturgamane. Dabre in Aramaic means he took. He brought with him Yehuda Bar Nachmeni, who was his Miturgaman. It's well known that in the times of the Amoraim, the Amora would say quietly whatever he wanted to say, and the Miturgaman would say loudly whatever the, whatever the Amora was trying to say. So fine. So then he brought Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmeni. Omar Le, Kumema Milsa Kol Kabil Yenuka. So, Reish Lakish says to Yehuda Bar Nachmeni, say something nice in front of everyone. So Pasach Omar. So he uh, opens up and he says something. And uh, I'm sure we've all been in a shiva house and people say awkward things. Uh, this would be that. Uh, what did he say? 
that uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu saw what was going on. He was angry at their children and their, their sons and daughters. That is the worst possible thing that you could say at the Shiva house of, to a father whose child died. That, uh, by the way, Kodesh Baruch Hu is angry at you, therefore your child is dead. That's unbelievably, it's also not what he meant, as we'll soon see, but it certainly was an off-colored comment. Some say that the child who died was a bachar. He was actually a little bit older. He wasn't a yunuka. He wasn't a infant. Really, this is what Rabbi Yehuda bar Nachmeni said. We're about oh, a little bit more than a third of the way down on Chesmet Beis. What does he say? A different pasuk. So he says that on all of the children, Bachura was an older kid. Lo Yismach Hashem. Hashem is not happy, and uh, everyone who is widowed and Lo Yirachim, there's going to be no mercy on them. Again, a terrible thing to say. And he says that uh, the Kolped, uh, the Dover Nevela, anyone who speaks inappropriately that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to keep his hand extended over him. What does this mean? So it says the Gemara, what does it mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to keep his hand extended over him? So it says the Gemara, we need to be careful how we talk. Amar Avchanan, Barab, HaKol Yodin, Kala Lama Nechna Everybody knows it's either Lama, which is why the Kala goes to the Chuppah, which is to be intimate, or Lima, just that there will be a reality on the ground. It's not why she gets married. Okay, so why she gets married? Lama and Lima. The art school puts it as Lama, uh, but I, I always thought, I asked her by Robinson today, I said, I always thought it was Lima, that there is this feature of marriage that includes intimacy, but somebody who talks about it at the chuppah, a bizayon doraisi, can't, can't talk about those things. Everybody knows, but sh- shut your mouth. That's not, that's not the conversation to have. But if a person says that, anyone who says something inappropriate, even if a person was given a gzardin of 70 years of goodness, and one comment. So the Mephorshim do discuss what's the, with the sharpness over here. Okay, it's uh, fine, understood, but uh, not for now. Anyways, that's what the Gemara says is that he spoke about. This is the things he talked about. So the first version was that the child was a baby and he says, when fathers do bad things, kids die. And the second thing he said, if he's older, he died because his father spoke nibble pet. Either way, it's bad form. So it says the Gemara, you came here to show comfort. Yeah, you got you to you leave now. You know, he gets thrown out of the Shiva house. So it says the Gemara, no, no, you guys totally misunderstood me. First of the middle width lines. You're the type of person who should be caught up based on the generation. In other words, only tzaddikim get judged this way. Only tzaddikim are judged with such consequences. Therefore, what I meant when I said that people are misbehaving and their kids are dying, the onshim are falling on you because you're a tzaddik. You're the tzaddik of the generation, and the tzaddik absorbs, uh, Nebuch, the tzaddik absorbs a lot of what a, what a generation has. Fine. Anyways, the Gemara says, Amar Baruch So Rish Lakish says to Rabbi Yehuda, the Maturgam on Rabbi Yehuda Bar Nachmeni, he says, can you please say something? Uh, nice about a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Maybe uh, catch yourself up a little bit and get out of this little hole that you've dug yourself. Pasach Vomar, so he opened his mouth and said as follows. Kodesh Baruch Hu, the, the Almighty, the Great, 
Barogola with all of his goodness, Adir Bechazak, words of strength, Barov Noros, all of his awesomeness, Mechaye Mesim Bimaamaro. He can make people alive again with his word. Osegadullah Sadin Chekir, he does tremendous things that can't even be investigated. Benifla Osadin Bispar, and wondrous things that can't even be counted. Borchata Hashem, Mechaye Hamesim. What day of Avelus was this? It wasn't day one. It was day two. So therefore, we see that after day one, as long as there's Panam Chadashas, because Reish Lakish wasn't there on day one. So because he's Panam Chadashas, you can still make brachos. Story continues. You should at least say something for the family members who are the Avelim, who are the mourners. Those of you who are exhausted, who are depressed from this Avelus. Just keep, uh, keep in your heart as follows. This is the way of the world. This is forever going to be this way. It's one of the pathways of our lives from the days of creation. Many drank already and many will drink, namely a homily for death. Many, many have died, many will die. And as well, like the early ones who drank, so people are going to die. Let's just be straight up about it. Who is the Baal Nechamos, who is the master of all comfort, he should give you comfort. Baruch Menachem Avelim. I heard a story about uh, the Rebbe Yashiv went to go pay a shiva call to Rebbe Chanoch Teller. He lost, a, I think it was when he lost, a, uh, he did lose a child, but I think this actually was one of his parents. I'm not 100% sure what the context was. Rebbe Yashiv walks in, sits down, doesn't say one word, gets up and walks out. No just gets up and walks out. So we've made it like, you know, you have to read it in the transliterated, you got to stumble up. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. But Dina, you don't have to say anything. I don't even believe it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch to say, um, so we don't have to say anything. If you're uncomfortable, don't say anything. You feel social pressure, fine. You can say it if you want, but you shouldn't really feel obligated. Yeah? I thought someone said something. Okay. So it says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, you shouldn't be talking that way. He says, Rabim Shasulema. You can say that a lot of people drank, in other words, that a lot of people died. But Rabim Yishtu Lolema, but don't say, uh, don't say that people will die. Mishta Rishona Lema. Yeah, you can say that the early people drank and they died. You can say that. And Mishta Achrona, the Mashal continues, but you should not be saying that others will drink and, and die, that you should not say. Why not? A person should not open their mouth up to the Satan. We should not say things that may potentially come true. Where do we see an example of this? Amar Yosef, Micra, because the Pasuk says, We were like people from Sodom, and we were similar to people from Amora. Maya Hadrle, he called them by that name in the next part of the sentence, in the next Pasuk. Shimu Dvar Hashem you are the officers of Sodom. You talk like you're Sodom, I'm going to treat you like you're Sodom. So we should be careful as well. Sometimes people say this is superstitious. You can call it what you want. The Gemara says don't do it. So then we don't do it. It's nothing to mess around with. The Gemara also in Baba Kama has halachic issues with Ayin Hara. These are real things. They're not pretend things. They're not superstitious. Or even if they are superstitious, whatever word you want to give them in English, they're Mafurish Gemaras. We should be careful not to be Poseh Pela Sata. Says the Gemara, now you should say something nice. Again, Reish Lakish talking to Rabbi Bar Nachmeni, the Maturgaman, say something nice to the people who came to be Menachem Avel. The Gemara says, Pasach v'amar as follows, You people who are the kind, the kind givers to others. The children of those who are givers. Who are fulfilling what Avram Avinu does. And then skipping the parentheses. 
my brothers, the one who is the master of Gemul, he should give you kindness as well. Again, a bracha b'shem malchus, and it's being said on a day that isn't the first day because these are panim chadashos. Amar he says, say something broad to all of the Jewish people. We're three fourths of the way down, twelve lines up, give or take. Pasach loving master of the world, pidei redimos v'hatzil. Save us, Malate, help us escape. Hosha, save us, Amcha Israel, Mina Dever, Umina Cherev, Umina Biza, Umina Shidafon, Umina Irakon, Mikomine Peranios, and Misrakshos, Uvoslo, from all the terrible things, from plagues and from things that kill crops and anything terrible. Terem Nikrova Atotane. Even before we call out, please answer us. These are not brachos that we're used to seeing, but again, they are allowed to be said. End of that, Sugya. Uh, but a little bit uh, of what should take place during the base of it. Hope you like wine. Amar Ula Nisatana. Some say it was Ula, some say it was a Mishnah. A person should drink 10 cups of wine in a base of it. Three cups to start because that opens up the intestines. Three during the meal so that the food can soak in the wine in one stomach. And four. As the, as the capstone. So three plus three plus four is 10 cups of wine. Echad, what are these last four for? So Echad Keneged Hazan, Echad Keneged Birchas Ars, Echad Keneged Boni Yerushalayim, Echad Keneged Atov Amitiv, the four core brachos that we say in uh, in benching. It's very strange we don't drink during benching because you have to make a bracha. So you can't. It must have been like three or four ounces. Oh, so I was medayik the same way that you were. I, that's how we know that their cups were very small. <laughs> and the Gemara actually tests this theory in a moment because to your point, says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, the Chachamim wanted to add to the 10 cups. Says the Gemara, Usifolein Arba. They added another four. We're up to 14 cups of Kanainahara. That's a Purim. <laughs> that's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> what were these next four cups? Four Echad. Keneged Chazane Ha'ir, the Chazane Ha'ir is the Chebra Kedisha. Ve'echad Keneged Parnasei Ha'ir, the people who support these causes. Ve'echad Keneged Beis HaMikdash, Ve'echad Keneged Rabban Gamliel. The problem is, Yitzchilu Hayushosin Umishtachrin, people were getting trashed. And that was too much, it's inappropriate. We, we, there, I know that sometimes people drink for recreational purposes, but it's really not like that. The Maharal is a beautiful idea, gorgeous idea, and I share this at Briss's all the time with the secular Chebra, with the less observant people. Why do we make a blessing over a cup of wine here at a bris on Shabbos, Pesach, Purim? Yeah, it's true. Some people like to drink for the wrong reasons, but the right reason to drink is not for recreation, but for transformation. Every single time we have an opportunity for Aliyah in our Jewish calendar, we have to have wine because it's a tool of elevation not to get drunk. We tap into something deeper. So therefore, when you go from weekday to Shabbos, you have to have a cup of wine. You go from weekday to Yontif, you have to have a cup of wine. By bris, you have to have a cup of wine. When you get married, you have to have a cup of wine. Every time that there's a cup of wine, Ladina, when it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, every time writes the Marami Prague, that is an opportunity to elevate. What happens on Motzei Shabbos? You say, Havdalah? Then what? What's the transformation? The next day is a Sunday. It's a nothing day. So it says, if you think that, you're not thinking like a Yid. A yid is the upward spiral. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Havdalah, the next week is higher. Next week is another level. That's what the Maharaj What? Yeah, beautiful. Exactly right. You can make Havdalah till Tuesday. All the other dinim they planned. This is what the Maharal writes. You want to drink to get drunk? Just admit that that's not Ratzon Chacham. Because we see right here, you're drinking 10 cups of wine. Oh, they started to get drunk? Done. Out. 
cancel the last four cups. And Taka, that's what they did. My Rabban Gamliel, what was this cup for Rabban Gamliel? So we saw this Gemara elsewhere in Shah so far. Titania, three lines from the bottom. My gosh, it was so expensive to bury people that uh, that people actually, they were crexing more about the cost of the burial and they were about the death of the person. I, that's not me being tongue in cheek. That's what the Gemara says, is that they were Hatsas um, Kasha the crow of Yosem Mimisaso until Achahayo Manichen Oso Uborch, and then they leave the body, be like, we can't even afford it. We'll just leave it as a mace mitzvah. The community will take care of it. We can't bury it. We can't afford it. It's too expensive. Achabar Rabban Gamliel, the Nah Kalus he treated himself in a light way. What did he do? He only was buried in flax. No expensive silk garments, no fancy coffins. We are simple Jews. We get buried in pine boxes, very, very simple pieces of wood, a Jewish star on the top, and done. No fancy clothes, basic tachrichen. And that came from Rabbi Gamliel. People wanted to dress up the person who died, but tachrichen, chashuvin, with silk, whatever that he says. No, even clay pishtan, so they wanted to honor him with one of those four cups. Granted, they dissolved one of those four cups because it was too much alcohol, but fine. So 10 cups of wine, seemingly every day. Again, it seems that way from here. It's what it seems like, but I don't think anybody does that. We didn't, when we said Abbas, we didn't drink any wine, I don't think. It's mutter, just uh, not done. Now, says Rapapa, Rapapa lived a long time after Rabban Gamliel. He was the fourth century already, third, fourth century of the Amoraim. So Rapapa was of the opinion that we would even get buried in sackcloth, in canvas, even something that's like burlap, like that kind of material. It doesn't matter as long as the mace is covered in a machubad way, shalom al Yisrael, and even if it's barzuza, inexpensive. We're now going to speak about one of the most well-known sugyas in all of Masechus Ksubis, which is the claim that a husband may make of Pesach Pasuach Matsasi, which is that when a couple gets married and they are together, he is able to sense that she is not a Basula, that she is not a virgin. Pesach Pasuach, he finds that the Pesach was Pasuach, that she was already a Be'ula, that she is not a Basula anymore. So says the Gemara, Amr Rebelazar, turning to the top of Testament Aleph, Ha'omer Pesach Pasuach Matsasi, if a man claims after being with his wife that first night, and she's supposed to be a Basula, that she does not have a Basulim, the halacha is, Ne'eman la'osra alav, we trust him enough to make her usher to him. Rashi, Rashi, Dibura Maschil, Ne'eman la'osra alav, four lines down, V'yafal pishe'in ha'davar azed yocholi hisparer, even though we have no way to verify, because you already had Tashmish with her, you can't even do a check. You had Tashmish with her, so who says it wasn't you? It says the Gemara, even though we can't verify it, Ela al-piv, legabe nafshei havimehem and l'shavya alei chaticha de'isur. This is a Shas concept that Rashi's talking about, six lines down in Rashi, where Rashi says, he equates her to him as a chaticha de isura. She is now forbidden to him by his own admission, even though he can't prove it. He's not a bucky. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But if he says Pesach, Patsach, Matsasi, the halacha is that he's no longer allowed to be with her. The Amai asks the Gemara, Svek Svekahu. We have a double suffix. Well, Svek Sveka is when we have two Svekos, one built on another. There's actually a, a Kuntras called Kuntras Svek Svekos Lahashach. The Shach wrote a whole halachic back and forth about how we know a Svek Sveka is valid. And uh, basically, that there's like a whole bunch of rules, but uh, this is a simple Svek Sveka. So, what is the Svek Sveka? Oh, one more point about a Svek Sveka. When we have a regular suffix, the regular rules of suffix kick in. So when you have a suffix and a dindorai, so we're makbid. However, when you have a svek sveka, a double suffix, it takes your probabilities from not half, but it takes it to a quarter. And then whatever the svek sveka applies to is then mutter. So it says the Gemara, it's a svek sveka, and there should be no reason why he should assert his wife on him with the claim of Pesach Pasuch. First of all, the first suffix is suffix 
tachta of suffolk ain't tachta. We don't know if she was mizane while they once they were engaged. Was did she have did she sleep with someone before they got engaged or after? That's suffolk number one. Even if you want to say that she was with someone once she was already engaged to this man, suffolk be'one suffolk baratzo. We don't know if this was Be'ones or we don't know if it was Be'ratso. So therefore, it's a Sfex Faker. Now, had it been Be'ones, she'd be muttered to her initial husband. And had it been Be'ratso, and if she, Mamish, cheated consensually, so then, then she's Asr Labal, Asr Labal, then she's Asr to everyone. So therefore, because of that, we have a double Suffolk. And therefore, we don't even understand the din of Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar wanted to say that Haomer Pesach Pasach Matzasi is Neman. Why is the person Neman? It's a Sfex Faker. So says the Gemara, two answers, Lo Tzricha, Kohen. In one case, uh, the way that we can explain Rabbi Lazar is that we're talking about an Ashes Kohen. Which suffix falls away with the Kohen? The suffix of the Ones or Beratzo. Because even Nebuch, if a woman who's married to a Kohen is an SS, if she's raped, the Allah is that their marriage is over. That's a din specific by a coin. So therefore, there's only one suffix and not two. So there's no longer a spec sveka. And therefore, Pesach Pasuch Matzas, Yenemar Osrala. A second possible answer, five lines down. The Gemara says, really, there's another possibility. Not that this person was uh, married to a Kohen, but maybe Be'eshes Yisrael. We're talking about a woman who's married to a Yisrael, so you can't remove the taina of One Ratzon. Uh, that's still a suffix. But really, the, uh, the daughter was married off when she was less than three years old. And therefore, if she had Tash when she was less than three years old, the Basulim will grow back, and therefore, it's not a problem, and therefore there's no suffix. Fine. So my Kamashmalan says the Gemara, what's the Chiddush of Rebelazar? Rebelazar is trying to teach me this den of Pesach, Basuch, Masasi, Neman, We already learned this. Tanina, we have, where did we learn? A man says to a woman, I, I, we are betrothed, and she says, you've got the wrong girl. We see that she is allowed to still marry his relatives, but not vice versa. In other words, we have this idea that he can answer himself, even though it may not be true, says the Gemara. But that's not a rhyme. There, that was a case of a vada. Our case is a case of a suffolk. So therefore, we might have assumed in our case that he is not Na'am on the Osrallah. That's not true that he is. Does Rebbe Lazar really hold this way? So let's take a look at Rashi to define what this question is against Rebbe Lazar. Rashi is the the second to last short line. That if a woman was mezana, that she becomes usher to her husband just by uh, just by his own testimony. After all, almost halfway down on testament. How can you say, Rebbe Lazar? How can you say that just with the claim of Pesach Basuch Matsasi that a husband becomes usher to his wife? We have a statement from Rebbe Lazar himself that says that only if there is kinui and stira, only if a husband forewarns a woman to not be alone with a particular man, and she is then alone with that man, Kimaisa Shahaya, Rashi says is talking about Basheva, talking about David and Basheva. Only then do we have a problem, says the Gemara. That makes no sense. The Tizbara, is it even logical to say what you just said about Rebbe Lazar? First of all, was the case of David and Basheva Bekinui Vestira? Absolutely not. Uriah was out at war. Uriah was Basheva. He wasn't even around. There was no Kinui and Stira. Basheva was never told not to be alone with David. That's first of all. And second of all, the Ode, Miasruha. Did we see the case that, that Uriah was, was usher to her? This whole thing, what a terrible argument. It doesn't mean the features that you're saying should be didn't even apply in your own argument. You try, 
The only way that a person's ever going to be a surah to her to his wife is bikini vestira because of Basheva. That's not what happened with Basheva. The whole story is wrong. It says the Gemara, it's a ridiculous question. Hello, Kasha. You're right. You're right. You're right. We have to re understand this line of Rebbe Lazar. Hachi Kamar says the Gemara. How do we know that there needs to be kinui and stira to asser someone from Uriah? Why? Because there was no kinui and stira by Uriah and he was not asser to her. Therefore, by inference, when there is kinui and stira, then it should be uh, that's when we should have an isra between Uriah and her husband and, and his wife. Fine, you've established the idea that maybe when there's kinui and stira, that should be where the Isra is, but what's implied is that by Pesach Pasuach, that he should not be believed. Yet how then does Rebbe Lazar say that he is believed? That's the top line of the page. Omer Pesach Pasuach says the Gemara, according to your understanding, Kinui Vistira'in, Edim Lo. According to you, you say only Kinui and Stira, only a proper warning of a husband to a wife. You are not allowed to be alone with man X. Uh, that's the only time that a, a man would become Asura to his wife, but What's implied from there is Adim low without Adim. Is that true? El Achikamar can't be Adim. We use Adim all the time. We spoke about that extensively in Maseches Yivamos about Eid Echad by Nisha. We, we talked about that until we're blue in the face. So what's going on here? Says the Gemara, of course, Edus is accepted. El Achikamar hears the shot six lines from the bottom Testament Aleph. First rule of thumb is that a woman will not become usher to her husband with one test, with one aid, rather only with two. But if a husband forewarned his wife not to be alone with a certain person and she broke that and she was alone with him, then even had it only been one aid, but it was one aid plus Kinui and Stira where she was forewarned and she broke that forewarning, then we trust him. When a husband makes the claim of Pesach Pasuach, halachically speaking, that's equivalent to two Aidim. And says the Gemara, if that's true, why then was the case with uh, with Uriah not a case uh, where he should have been ushered? So says the Gemara, two answers. Number one, Hasam Ones Hava was that David was with her against her will. Big deal in the Mephorshim here, because there's another Gemara that says, Kol Shomer David Chata There's a Gemara, I think it's in Nida. I don't remember exactly where it is. Anybody know? I can't remember where it is, but the Gemara says somewhere that David did not uh, actually do an Avera. Here the Gemara says, Ones Hava, that he actually did something wrong. So does it mean Ones? Does it mean that he actually violated her? Or does it mean that she felt compelled because of the context? The king said, come, come over. So it's not so simple what's going on here. Another possibility is, What does he say? Top of Testament vase. Famous idea. That any of the soldiers who went out to battle under the uh, under the leadership of David, they had to get a get Croesus written to their wife, conditional get Croesus. Rashi paints the picture for us. Top Rashi get It's a retroactive get that if a man were to die Rahman al-Islan in a war, then his get goes back in time to the time that the get was written. So let's say the get was written on January 1st. He goes out to war, he dies in June. It's as if she's divorced from January 1st. So maybe David was with her, maybe David was with Bathsheba after January 1st, but before he died. But then when he actually died, then it ended up being like she was never married, in which case it's not a problem. I mean, it's not good, but it's not, uh, it's not as halachically bad. How do we know that they wrote these shtaros? Because the Pasuk reads, that's... Um, 
What does it mean that they're guarantor? What does that mean? Things that are that combine, that tether him and her. And what is that? That is their marriage. And therefore, we see from this Pasuk that there was a chance that David did nothing wrong. And therefore, Uriah didn't have to be ushered to his wife under any circumstances, even while they were together, because retroactively in due time, it would be that he would die and they would be, then be divorced. Says the Gemara, going back to uh, to Rav Nachman, to, to Rabbi Lazar. We started Rabbi Lazar today with Pesach Basuach Matzasi. Amar Nami Tanina. Rashi gives us this little hint as to what Abai says. We already learned this. What does Rashi, Rashi say? Four lines down, five lines down in Rashi. Why? Where do we see this from? Because we have a Mishnah. Mishnah on that base. That a woman who's never been married before, she should get married on a Wednesday. And we make a diuk that it's only that they should, she should get married on a Wednesday, but she should not get married on a Thursday. My time, our concern was, we're afraid that if they get married on a Thursday, they won't have Bezdin again till Monday. And if he does, in fact, find that there's a Pesach Pasuach, that she's no longer, or that she never really was a virgin. When he was with her, it seemed to him that she was not a virgin. So if that if that's the case, we're afraid that his uh, we're afraid that his emotions will cool down by the time Bezdin comes around on Monday and he won't divorce his wife. Says the Gemara. So what? Ulamai, If what you're saying is that we need to determine about the ksuba, big deal. Give a ksuba. Don't give a ksuba. It's just money. That doesn't matter. Says the Gemara. Ella must be taina. Then he, the question was whether or not he's going to answer her. And he, obviously he's making a claim in Bezin. My love, don't we see from this Mishnah that the husband would have been claiming Pesach Pasuach? And therefore we don't need the statement of Rebbe Lazar because as Abai highlights, we have our Mishnah on Daf Beis that readily implies that what our Mishnah is talking about is a case of Tainas Pesach Pasuach. Says the Gemara Lo. He didn't walk in the Bezdin and say Pesach Pasuach that she didn't have a Besulim. Rather, lo, de katoin tainas damim. He makes a different claim. What is tainas damim? So Rashi says this uh, halfway down, no, really a third of the way down in Rashi, Zibar Maschal, tainas Besulim, the taina mivoreresi, the lake of the Memar lo kimle, avab Pesach Pasuch, emalach lo kimle, that there was just no blood. And because there was no blood, he was concerned, but he didn't say there's Pesach Pasuach. And we know halachically nowadays that even if a couple is together, a basula, the first night that they're married and there's no blood, we still assume that she's a nida or that there was dam basulam. It's just a dam mivlabala that the blood reabsorbed in the body, but we still treat her that way. It says the Gemara, continuing and expanding the stringency of this idea. We started with Rebbe Lazar, we proved his opinion so far that we have this idea that a man who says Pesach Pasach Matzasi, he's Neman the Osar, we trust him to make her. Asr on him, Shavia Nafshecha Suri, he brought upon himself this prohibited case. Rav Yehuda takes it even further. Wow. It's not just Shavia Nafshecha Isura. He says that one claim, even though he's not a Bucky Bahatoya, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a, he's a new husband. He has no clue what's happening. Still doesn't matter. The halacha is, well, not the halacha, the statement of Rabbi Yudam Rashmul is that she loses her ksuba. Rashi, what's the svara why she would lose her ksuba? Rashi almost halfway down, no one would work that hard. 
to just uh, to just make a tiny the night that they get married at Pesach. But so you drop fifty, a hundred thousand uh, dollars to do a wedding, and then and then one moment you're going to lie about it. You're obviously not lying. Ella must be that you're telling the truth when you say Pesach Pesuach, and therefore she loses her ksuba. Amr of Yosef, that's not a chiddush. My Kamashmul and Tanina, we already learned this in a brisa. What does the brisa say? The Brisa teaches us as follows seven lines from the bottom. We're going to be stopping at the bottom of the page, last word. The Brisa says, If a person eats at his father-in-law's house in the city of Yehuda, uh, in the area of Yehuda, without Eden, meaning they were alone, then the halacha is, Well, they were alone, so we no longer he no longer has any na'amans. Just think about that. If a man is alone with a woman long enough conceptually to have Tashmashamita, he instantly loses the possibility of claiming Tainas Pesulim, uh, of claiming Pesach Pesach Matzasim, because in theory he slept with her. That's, uh, that's how it works. And that's why the post can give a time frame for the Isra Yichud. The time frame for the Isra Yichud is the minimum amount of time for a couple to disrobe, have Tashmashamita, and get dressed again. And the post can put that at about nine, eight, nine, ten minutes. That's why, yeah, if you're ever at a wedding and you're the aide, uh, you're the aide, the yichud, the masadik kedushin will tell you look at your watch, set a timer for ten minutes, and then knock on the door and walk away, because they need to be alone for that long. That's the makkah of the marriage to make sure that they're actually married. So it says the Gemara in Yehuda, they could not make such a taina. What does the Gemara infer from here? Four or five lines from the bottom. Yehuda You're right in Yehuda. That's where they were alone with them. That's when they were allowed. Not allowed to say Pesach Pesach Matzase once they were alone. Habe Galil Matzitain. But in, in Gala, they were allowed to make such a claim. Ulemai, what was the claim going to affect? If it's to say that she's going to become Asra on him, then Yehuda Amailo. Then why wouldn't we trust a husband in Yehuda to say that? Why He doesn't want her to be Asra. He obviously didn't sleep with her when they were with Yehuda, and he's only sleeping with her now. It must be It must be that we're talking about her losing her Ksuba. And we see here that he's making a claim to make her lose her Ksuba, which is exactly what the, the statement of Rabbi Yehuda Marshmul says in the middle of the page, that he's mem on lahaf my love says the Gemara de Katayin Tainas Pesach Basua. Doesn't this brisa that Rav Yosef brings? Isn't this brisa teaching us that he's obviously giving us a case where a person was towing Tainas Pesach Basua and she lost her ksuba, as we saw in this brisa? Says the Gemara, lo, his Taina is not necessarily Pesach Basua. We don't know what his Taina was, but it's not that it doesn't say that. Lo, the Katayin Tainas Dami. He was talking about blood, but love Dafka that there was a Pesach Basua. We're going to stop right here. Um, tomorrow morning, we're going to learn Daf Yud. Tomorrow morning, Friday morning, after the 6.30 Shachris, uh, we'll learn Daf Yud, and then no Shir on Shabbos, and we'll pick up again Sunday, but I don't know what time yet. Good points. I forgot about the Tainus, and we'll have to figure out Daf Yud Aleph. And then Monday and Tuesday, Tashem, I'll be out, I will be out of town, and Amir Tashem will do live recordings, live uh, Shirim at the right time. And Wednesday, I should be back. Wishing you all a beautiful night. What? Yes. Yes. Certainly.